The other day, I decided to go for a run in Lincoln Square. All right, I'm on the corner of Lincoln and Montrose, looking at Wells Park, out for a jog. We're just gonna go for a little tool around the neighborhood here. A little tool around the 47th Ward. See who's running for alderman. The 47th Ward is one of Chicago's wealthiest. The current mayor lives here. There are big, newly constructed single-family homes, nice condos and apartments, and lots of small businesses and restaurants. And the seat on the city council to represent this neighborhood is wide open. Two corner lots with Eileen Dordek signs. Oh, and two more right on that block, Eileen Dordek. As I jogged around, other names started popping up. There's one for Angie Maloney for 47th Ward Alderman. We've got another sign for Matt Martin. And one for Jeff Jenkins. So far, all these candidates picked blue for their signs. Others running include Michael Negron, Heatherway Kitsies, Thomas Schwartzers, Kimball Ladian, and Gus Katsafros. And hey, it was cold, so I wasn't going to jog around the entire ward, but they probably all have signs. And you get the idea. There are a lot of people running in this race. Hi, everyone. This is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. There are 50 wards in Chicago, basically mini cities or neighborhoods with their own mini mayors known as aldermen. 46 of those seats are up for grabs in February. You've probably seen signs or talked to volunteers or maybe the candidates themselves. This week, we're going to take a pause from the crazy mayor's race to zoom in on a few especially hot aldermanic races and explain why they matter for the city as a whole. Joining me today is A.D. Quigg from The Daily Line. Hi, A.D. Hey, Becky. Thanks for joining us. Of course. So let's do the numbers really quickly. There are 50 wards across the city, and 46 have really lively races, right? Yep. 46 true challengers, and actually one in the past week. It was a small contested race in the 38th ward, and now it's uncontested. The other guy got knocked off the ballot, so Alderman Nick Spasato is safe. So there are five aldermen, basically, who are safe. Mm Mm-hmm. We've also got uh, some rematches here, people who ran in the past. Right. This would not be Chicago again. politics unless there were a bunch of rematches. <laughs> people run once, they kind of get a hang of it, they try again. So there are five wards where you've got people who ran before challenging again. 15th ward, 16th ward, 18th ward, 21st ward, and 37th ward. Okay. And all the rest are sort of all over the board. And while we'd love to right. bring a whole episode on all 50 I of could them. Do it. I could do it if you want. <laughs> um, we're just going to dig into the most interesting ones. So sure. let's Let's go down this list. You and I kind of narrowed this to to four of these hot races. Yes, that, which is hard. I mean, like... It is hard. It so is hard. Overall, this is going to be a massively changing city council. We're seeing it moving way more to the left just based on who these candidates are. And because Rahm Emanuel isn't running again, it's also been interesting because people have to come up with their own ideas rather than saying, I'm not like Rahm Emanuel and I'm not like anyone who is an ally with Rahm Emanuel. So it's kind of like... Yeah, there's nothing. It's not just running against something. It's right. running for something. Yes. People yeah. have to start presenting their own ideas. So we narrowed it down to four. We've got the 20th, which is focused on economic development, but also has some corruption stuff going on. Corruption stuff going on and also like almost the center of this Obama presidential center debate we're going to be having for the right, next few years. Right, right. And then the 25th, which is the heart of the gentrification battle here in the city. Right. And the 47th, where we've big got... Big money. Yeah, big, big money, money, man. And, and Rahm Emanuel. And Rahm Emanuel. That's right. It's his word. He lives there. 
and then the 40th, which has essentially the second longest serving alderman in the fight of his life. All right, where should we start? Let's start with 20. Okay. Where is the 20th Ward for people who need to orient themselves? This is the South Side Ward just south of the University of Chicago. Uh, The tip of the ward touches Jackson Park, includes part of Washington Park, basically Woodlawn, Englewood, and back of the yards. And the Dan Ryan goes right down the middle. It's kind of gerrymandered, isn't it? Very. And so why is this ward particularly interesting? So the incumbent alderman, Willie Cochran, he's a Chicago police officer, former Chicago police officer who served on city council pretty quietly for about 11 years. He has been indicted and goes to trial for misusing money from a ward account, um, in part to gamble with it. Uh, He actually flirted with running again, even though he was under indictment, uh, but decided against it. He's going to trial in June. So one of these um, open seats due to <laughs> corruption, corruption here in the issues. city. Yeah, this is a ward that's been dogged by corruption issues. We Before Cochran, there was Arenda Troutman. She went to prison after being charged for trading cash from developers for zoning changes. And in 1986, Alderman Cliff Kelly, yes, the Cliff Kelly that you know from radio, was right. charged with taking bribes to help a trash hauling company set up a waste transfer station in the ward. So this is a ward in need of reform, and there are a lot of people interested in being that reformer. So who is running here? (sighs) Okay, so (laughs) this race was like an eye popper during petition filing week. 15 folks filed. Two have been removed. Four are guaranteed spots, either because they weren't challenged or because the challenge was dropped, and the rest are still pending. So there's still like all these battles going on in the, the pedway right now over whether people will be on or off. The front runner is Kevin Bailey. He is an engineer, uh, the 20th Ward Democratic Committeeman. Uh, he ran for alderman four years ago against Cochran, and he came 400 votes short. So that means he knows how the process works. He has a lot of political connections from being committeeman, has more money than most of the other people in this race. That said, the Chicago Reader's Maya Dukmasova did a really deep dive on some of the chicanery during this ballot petition process with Bailey and his parents. Both of his parents are helping him in this petition challenge. His mother is the Republican committeeman down in the 20th Ward. Just go read the article. It's very interesting. Um, I asked him specifically about what he tells people who ask about corruption when he's going door to door. Yeah, a number of people do ask about the trend that we've had um, going from administration to administration, but I have reassured them that I have been in positions of authority that manage large sums of money and have been very in, in very good standings with the federal government because they were the oversight. And that's something that will end with my uh, with my administration. What are the big, would you say, key influences in this race? Who has a stake here? So it's a little tough because there are so many candidates. This is like not a money. This is not a money race. This is who can go out and knock on the doors, who has a compelling story, and also like who can get endorsements from other groups that can kind of help them get out more. So there's also Jennifer Maddox. She's a 22-year veteran of the Chicago Police Department, works in the Office of Community Affairs, single mom. She won a CNN Hero Award for the non-for-profit she started doing after-school programming for kids, workforce development, parent training. Jeanette Taylor, she was one of the hunger strikers at Diet um, High School. High School. Mm-hmm. She also served on the Mellison Elementary Local School Council for 21 years. So she's been endorsed by the Chicago Teachers Union and also the Chicago Federation of Labor. And then there's Anthony Driver, very young candidate, a former intern in Emanuel's office. So this is like who can get out, knock the most doors, who has the best story. If I don't live in the 20th Ward, why should I care about this particular race? So this is a ward close to... The Obama Center, the Obama Presidential Center, 
the alderman there will have a stake in kind of what goes around it. Okay. There's also um, a lot of economic development issues that need to be worked out. Also, the corruption angle. I mean, people, you hear the 20th Ward and you expect something <laughs> something bad to happen at some point. Um, and also, what happens with affordable housing here could set a precedent for other parts of the city. And there are a lot of candidates who have said we are in support of a um, community benefits agreement with the Obama Presidential Center. So I think that battle is going to play out as the construction begins. There. Right. And there's a lot of concern that with that center going in, you're going to have maybe more development of high-end housing right. and people pushed out of the neighborhood. Right. And so there's sort of this old versus new fight going on that yes. actually plays out all over the city in other places. But so definitely, yeah, gentrification. Canary people, in the coal mine. Yeah, people being pushed out, uh, people, longtime residents being pushed out by people who want to be close to the Obama presidential centers is going to be a big deal. Okay. Let's move on to the next ward. Uh 25th. Yes. <laughs> Let's orient people. Where is the 25th ward? So the 25th ward is a horseshoe-shaped <laughs> gerrymandered <laughs> ward on the near southwest side. So it touches downtown, the West Loop, the near south side, Greektown, Pilsen, Chinatown, Little Italy, UIC, Pretty Lower diverse. West Side. Dang. It's incredibly diverse. I think a lot of people think of the 25th Ward as just Pilsen, but it's much, much more than that. Okay. And so why is this ward particularly interesting? Oh, man. A couple Danny of reasons, Sol- Danny right? Danny Solis, <laughs> one of the longest serving aldermen on city council, um, chair of the zoning committee, very powerful seat, especially given all of the things that his ward touches, decided to retire, which was kind of surprising. Um, I thought he was running again. As, as close as a year ago, because he sort of started to align himself with Chewy progressives during the 2018 races. Chewy Garcia. This Chewy is Garcia. the guy who took Emmanuel into a runoff in 2015. Correct. Now a congressman. So Solis opted to retire instead. He's like, I want to hang out with my grandkids. I've had plenty of fun. He's been on council for how long? Like 20, 20 plus years. 20 plus say. years. <laughs> I can look this up. I have a whole list of everyone's seniority. The, the number of senior aldermen who are just deciding to retire is stunning. We, yeah. did, we did the math, and if Ed Burke leaves, which we can talk about, um, <laughs> city council is poised to lose at least 160 years of combined experience. Wow. There's a ton of senior people leaving. So Solis is retiring. So Solis is retiring. Former community activist, co-founder of the United Neighborhood Organization, which we all know as UNO, started a bunch of schools, uh, appointed to the seat in 1996 by Richard M. Daly. Okay. So 90s, yeah. Yeah. 20 years. And all the candidates we're getting in are this kind of new crop of very young progressives. Okay. So we're kind of seeing changes on the southwest side, more progressive Chewy-ish aligned candidates. Okay. And Solis, Latino, are a lot of the candidates Latino, even though the the ward does cover Chinatown and downtown? All of them. All of the candidates are Latino and most are based or were born in Pilsen. So we have Byron Sigcho Lopez. He ran in 2015 against Solis, came in second, only got 18%. So it wasn't enough to push Solis to a runoff. But that was an interesting race even then because there were so many challengers to Solis, and he's a very powerful guy. Uh, Ilario Dominguez, he was endorsed by Chuy Garcia, which carries a lot of weight in that area. A teacher and organizer, the youngest person in the race. Alex Acevedo, uh, a nurse, he previously ran for his father, Eddie Acevedo's seat in the Illinois House but ended up losing to Teresa Ma. So connected. He's connected to some connected. established... Connected to established politicians, okay. but not aligned with Chewy. Okay. And we can get into... <laughs> we'll leave that for another episode. HDO <laughs> and all that complicated stuff. But 
so he has he has experience running. He also helped with the race to replace Chuy Garcia on the Cook County Board. So he's been very politically involved for a very long time. Troy Hernandez, he's a 37-year-old data scientist, director of the Pilsen Environmental Rights and Reform Organization. And then there's Aida Flores. She's a 33-year-old former CPS teacher and principal. She went to Harvard. She's the only woman in the race, uh, had her first child at 14, and is big on education issues. All right. And again, if I don't live here... Why do I care about the 25th Ward? Why should anybody pay attention to this sure. race? So this is kind of the center of the battle over gentrification that's happening all over Chicago. So Pilsen has been gentrifying for a very long time, and there are a lot of residents who have been there for a long time that are getting pushed out by younger people moving in, housing prices going up, and a lot of people are worried that Pilsen is losing its neighborhood character. So that's part of it. But the other part is, A lot of the major developments that have been happening in and around the loop are happening in 25. So whoever the alderman there has to deal with all of that and the community demands for more affordable housing and doing everything they can to keep people that have been in Pilsen and around that area there, allowing them to stay there. So Danny Solis has said, He thinks that the current candidates in the race are kind of underestimating all the development issues that they'll have to confront and just how big the ward is. Ironically, almost all the the candidates for my seat are all from Pilsen. And um, I think sometimes they don't understand that most of the development that's been happening in the 25th Ward has been along the West Loop and the South Loop. There's very few developments that have happened in Pilsen. Most speculators have bought properties, and it's been tough because they're basically rehabbing, raising the rents, but it's not per se developments with... Right, it's not a thing that goes through the zoning committee, it's right, someone right. building by right. Right, right. And so I think they they misunderstand that, and I think that they don't understand that the development that happens outside, especially with this pilot project, we can use that development to help Uh, these communities that don't have the same kind of uh, a generous development that's going on. He's basically saying that there are a lot of power dynamics at play Mm -hmm. and whoever is the next alderman is going to have to deal with people potentially more powerful than they are. Yeah. And Solis uh, was fortunate to be the zoning chair and he could steer a lot of these. Mm -hmm. But a new freshman alderman coming in is going to have to deal with these big developers coming in and saying, hey, I can build whatever I want here. It's zoned for what I want it to be. Try your best to work with me on this, but I know a lot more about this than you do. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's move on. 47th Ward, where I jogged around, as you heard. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about where this is. Uh, It's mostly Lincoln Square, north side, like I mentioned, wealthiest census tract. Yeah. Why is this an interesting race? So open seat, Alderman Mwayapuar, term limited himself, said, I'm doing two terms and out. He's now running for treasurer. Um, This is a very politically educated ward, one of the highest turnout wards in recent elections. So all the people we're seeing running for aldermen are very politically astute and have a ton of experience. And this ward has a really powerful political organization. And I'm curious, what do you see as the major influences and why why people around the city should be watching? What's interesting is that everyone here, because Puar is a well-liked guy, everyone is doing their best to say, I, I worked on this with Puar. I was on his zoning committee. Um, I'm friends with the committeeman, Paul Rosenfeld. I did this. I did that. So it's kind of like, who is the best, best friend of Puar and the political organization here? Um, keep things going the way they've been. Keep things going of. the way they've been. And 
you know, take it even farther. We want to build on Pawar's legacy. Um, nine candidates are in here. It's like the mini. It's like a mini mayor's race, an actual mini mayor's race. Like actual the mini mayor's, mayor's race has thirteen people. This one has this nine. one has nine. Um, and, and there they were, were all, no challenges. No or challenges, which is fascinating. Um, but I guess they're all like good government. Hey, let's make this a battle of ideas and not. Which is ironic because isn't it one of the highest spending wards? Yes. So big money in aldermanic races is also a huge it's thing It's a huge here. part of this. So we have candidates here who have $200,000, $300,000 cash on hand, which means that's how, mu- how much money they have now, which means that this could be a half a million dollar race just for like one candidate. This for could be such a, m- a small race. This could be a multi-million dollar race. signs up there. <laughs> They're spending all their money on signs so far. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of these candidates went up on TV, which yeah. is very unusual for an aldermanic race. Okay. Moving on, our last ward, 40th ward. Where is the 40th ward? And let's talk about why this one in particular is very interesting. This race is great. Um, the 40th is north of the 47th ward, includes Andersonville, Lincoln Square, Edgewater, and Budlong Woods. Interesting because it's the second longest serving alderman, Pat O'Connor, is running again. He is weakened, but also in the same way, stronger now that Alderman Ed Burke is under indictment. And now Alderman O'Connor, he was vice chair. Now he's chair of the finance committee. The finance committee is the most powerful committee on the city council. It decides all kinds of things with how to spend your money, Chicagoans. So O'Connor initially said, if Rahm Emanuel doesn't run, neither will I. Rahm Emanuel's not running. Pat O'Connor's still in. A lot has changed. And Rahm is helping him. He's donated, I think, at least tens of thousands of dollars to help O'Connor stay in. But being on finance kind of gives him a target on his back. And it reminds people that he's been around for a very long time and that, you know, he's been friends with Ed Burke. He was part of the Council Wars group that sided with Burke and Ed Verdoliak. Um, this and was in the 80s. This was in the 80s. When people were kind of challenging the first black mayor of Chicago, yes. Harold Washington. And it, if you're running as an anti-establishment progressive Democrat, there is no better target than Pat O'Connor. And so let's talk about who's running. Okay. So there's a couple candidates aligned with the Democratic Socialists of America, which we're seeing in quite a few races, also in the 25th Ward. Ugo O'Carey and Andre Vasquez, both pretty young. Andre also grew up in Chicago's underground hip-hop scene, so he got an early endorsement from Rhymefest. Oh. O'Carey's Nigerian-American, um, one of the youngest in the race. There's also Diane DeLayden. She ran against O'Connor in 2015. She's a teacher, and she's endorsed by the CTU. There's also uh, Maggie O'Keefe, young progressive. And what would you say are the big issues there in that ward? Affordability, which we're seeing everywhere. Housing affordability. Housing affordability. 40th Ward needs to build more affordable housing. We saw this report come out earlier this year about how um, aldermanic prerogative has basically allowed aldermen to keep uh, affordable housing developments out of mostly white wards. Can you explain aldermanic prerogative for people who... Don't cover this all the time. Yes, I will try to be brief. Aldermanic prerogative is basically the alderman's ability to say, if there's a development here that I don't want, I can say no. And that could be through um, telling the building department I'm not in favor of it or not allowing it to come to zoning committee or voicing your opposition in the zoning committee say, this isn't right for my community. I don't want it. And other aldermen will basically defer to you because they say, hey, man, it's your ward. You do what you want. You do what's right for your community. So it's basically allowing aldermen to have almost complete say over the kinds of developments that go on in their ward. And if I don't live in the 40th ward, why should I care about the outcome of that race? What happens to Pat O'Connor is kind of a signal of whether old, regular Democrats have a role going forward in Chicago. It is the most emblematic of, is this last generation that came in with Daley 
finally out. How many retirements of sort of the old Democratic Guard are are happening? So we've seen Alderman Marge Lorino step down. She's been in city council since 1994. Mike Zaleski stepped down uh, towards the end of last year. He's been at city council since 1995. Danny Solis also stepping down. And then we're seeing, you know, Pat O'Connor, who's been here since... 83 in a tough race, Joe Moore, who's been there since 91 in a tough race, and also Ed Burke, as we know, been there since 1969, kind of battling for his life. And he is running on the southwest side in the 14th Ward. He says he's still running. He says he's still running. And, you know, he he came out with this video after um, the charge came down about the attempted extortion. And he was saying, I'm still in this. I want your support. Happy New Year to everyone, you and your families. And there were 100 comments on there saying, Fight the good fight, Ed. We love you. You've done so much for us and our families, and we know you're the best guy for this ward. So despite all this stuff floating around him, Ed Burke, classically, I just heard from someone this week, he's still attending wakes. He's still attending funerals. He's still st- sending letters to people saying, congratulations on your college acceptance or this new mm-hmm. award you won. He's still he's still in it to win it. And I think there are a lot of people in his ward who have said, you know, you've done right by our ward all these years, all these 50 years, and we don't want to see you go anywhere. All right, A.D., thank you so much for joining us. That's it for today. Reporting for this episode comes from A.D. Quigg and me, Becky Vivi. Our editor is Kate Cahan. Our producer is Justin Bull. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download the On Background podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org slash politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. One last thing before we go. WBEZ is releasing a new limited series podcast next week, January 18th, hosted by our very own Dave McKinney. It's called Public Official A. Here's the trailer. The people of Illinois are good, honest, and hardworking. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for a government that's as good and as honest and as hardworking as the people of this great state. The son of an immigrant steelworker, governor of the fifth largest state, on a trajectory to the White House. Rod was your guy. Like, this is a guy who gets it. You know, he didn't have anything handed to him. But when the presidency goes to another star from Illinois, what's left? Rod's a trailblazer and a hero of mine. Uh, You know, obviously Barack Obama. Political options have disappeared, and he's not making enough money. I got to get moving. The whole world's passing me by, and I'm stuck in this fucking job as governor now. Then the feds start sniffing around, smelling corruption. They start listening to his calls. We, at one point, had eight telephones and two microphones, so we had a number of agents in a room listening real time. I mean, I've got this thing, and it's fucking golden, and I'm just not giving it up for fucking nothing. I call it the Bogoyevich reign of terror. Accusations of shaking people down and trying to use his position to get rich. When the governor himself is working against the state, it's insane. But is this really corruption at the highest level, or is it just politics as usual? There are parts of our government that their whole existence is trying to tear down politicians. 
It's at times like this that you need a friend in a high place. Governor, I have great respect for you. I have great respect for your tenacity, for the fact that you just don't give up. So who do you believe? Do you side with the good guys or the bad guys? If Trump wants to side with the bad guys and live in the cesspool that is Rod Bogoyevich and his band of cutthroats, that's for him. I see a lot of similarities between what's happening now and what happened to Rod. I feel for the president. I lived it. Now in federal prison, Rod Bogoyevich is public official A. From WBEZ Chicago, public official A. Episode 1 comes out January 18th. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.